Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's the morning here on Sunday, um, and welcome to episode 14 of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Um, it's going to be, with the international break looming upon us, it's just going to be the look at Cardiff this weekend. Um, and a look at a couple of other bits that are going on after the fact, but there will be no match preview for Leicester until next week. Um, so it's probably going to be a slightly li- less, uh, a slightly shorter podcast. Um, struggling to get my words out, and uh, we'll see what we can get done today. Um, it's not going to be a fun one because the game yesterday was an absolute farce from minute one to minute ninety-seven or whatever it is they played to. Um, and the sole problem behind that was Martin Atkinson, the referee, and his officials that were supposed to assist him in uh, making the game run smoothly. And they failed miserably from the minute that whistle was blown. Um, we actually have... I normally do the good, the bad, and the ugly, or the good, the bad, and the good, well, better, whatever. Um, this time, this week, I'm going to do the bad, the good, and the ref. <laughs> he deserves his own segment altogether today. Um, we do need to talk about the game itself, though, because there was good and bad to take from it, regardless of his attitude and his behavior. Um, and I think that's important to note that we can't just blame everything on him, despite the fact that his entire performance was abysmal and absolutely affected the game in a huge way. Um, there were still things that we did well and there are still things that we did terribly with or without any kind of official on the field. Um, so let's start, I'm going to start with the bad because I'd rather do a shit sandwich and give you bad, good, bad, uh, as opposed to, um, good, bad, bad, because it feels like this, the negativity will never end at that point. Um, so let's start with the bad and this is the bad in the game, not the bad with the ref. All right. So first things first, this is something that you've got to bear in mind that a lot of this criticism and this uh, the, the bad is going to come from the fact that we were down to 10 men for 60 minutes of the game. And playing with 10 men is always going to be a difficult thing to do. Um, however, there were things that came to light before that even started. Um, and that is allowing their fullbacks to cause us major problems before the sending off. Um <clears throat> We were incredibly poor at marking their fullbacks, and this is now becoming a pattern, not a uh, not a content problem. This is now more than one time we've done this. This was Wolves, and I thought it was due to the fact that they had a back five, and the way they played their wingbacks was different. Um, but it's not the case. We're showing a serious problem at monitoring fullbacks, attacking fullbacks uh, for lower league teams. Um, when we play teams like Arsenal or Liverpool or Manchester United, we're very effective at monitoring fullbacks. But as soon as we play a team anywhere near our level, um, we become incredibly poor at marking them due to our probably due to our strategy change. Um, but we've shown that problem now against Wolves, Everton, and Cardiff. Um, to me, Cardiff are absolutely going down. They, nothing about that three points to me has reassured me that they can stay up and we allowed their fullbacks to run roughshod on us. Um, Manga, in particular, absolutely killed us out wide. He was the right back. Um, he and Cunningham had 77 and 80% pass accuracy, respectively. Um, almost entirely in our own half, those passes were being played. I understand that most of them were after the sending off, but the fact that that isn't the like you know the fact that we played 30 minutes and we still allowed that to happen 
is absolutely unacceptable. Um, and that left side is becoming a massive problem now when we're not playing the biggest teams. Um, Bong is becoming a serious problem. This is something that I've noted over the last couple of games, and this isn't just a... Um, and if you go back and if you're if you're a regular listener, you will know that I have sung Bong's praises, especially for those first six or seven games. And so this criticism isn't a product of a longer lasting dislike of him. I actually really like Bong. And when we play against the big six, I would like no other left back than him. I think he does an incredible job at what he's asked to do when he monitors a top player and keeps them out of the game on their own. But when he is asked to fit into a team collective, um, he is just not capable of doing it at Premier League level. He either he isn't marking either the fullback or the winger. Um, the winger tends to cut inside and the fullback comes out wide. And Bong doesn't seem to have a run on either of them. Um, it leaves our entire left side overrun. It makes it look like his Hiedo isn't doing his job either, but he's he's able to keep tabs on one, but he's really being asked to keep tabs on the on two, while Bong kind of just does nothing. Um, and in the build-up to the goal that they scored prior to the sending off, you can see this. You can see this perfectly. Um, his man broke into the box, and he stops pursuing him halfway through for no reason. This is in the 18-yard box coming towards the 6-yard box. Gaetan Bong has a man that is his man to mark, and he stops pursuing him as he breaches into the 6-yard box. Um, that's just <laughs> that's just defending 101. You absolutely cannot allow that to happen. Um, he then is horribly sandwiched between Dunk and Duffy. Um, Dunk is trying to cover for Bong's stop like st like when bong stops running and stops pursuing the player dunk has to take over so dunk is now moving out wide to try and stop the runner and bong is kind of stood in the middle of duffy and, and dunk duffy is marking his runner to try and stop the ball from going in and due to the fact that bong was kind of stood in the middle of no man's land he gets in the way of the ball the ball bounces off of him he should never have been in that position in the first place and bounces over the top of Duffy and straight in for an easy header and a goal. Um, it's an equaliser that they didn't deserve. It's an equaliser that came out of nowhere. We should have been 2 or 3-0 up at that point, and that comes on the back of like our strikers having to do better. But that goal was almost beginning to end the, the problem with Gaetan Pong. Um, he only made two successful tackles all game. One was a success, and he won the ball back, and one was a foul. So of the two tackles he made, he has a 50% rate of successfully taking the ball off of someone. One of them was a tackle, one was a, one was a foul. Um, and to be honest, I'm not going to give Montoya a day off here too. Because when he's on the ball, he's incredibly talented. And he has that similar touch of class as Bruno does. But today, well yesterday, he was very poor as well. Um, when you think that Manga and Cunningham had 77 and 80% pass accuracy, pass accuracy um bongs was 59 percent uh montoya's 63 percent so not really much better uh, prior to the sending off we were the better side but afterwards we totally fell apart going forward our pass accuracy was absolutely abominable um we only had 58 percent pass accuracy after the booking um you see people on twitter and facebook and instagram um 
and you know you see it in whatsapp groups and everything like asking us to string more than two passes together you know we sit we say we have we see a lot of people going like if we could keep the ball for more than two minutes we would do fine and you think well is that just being an exaggeration you know how football fans are we like to exaggerate and make things to the extreme but it's really not we have a 58 percent pass accuracy rate that means just over one in every two passes isn't going to the person it should do so they're spot on our pass accuracy and our passing is absolutely atrocious. Um, it's just bad. It's just incredibly bad. Gaetan Bong has no business being on that football pitch when we play anybody outside of the top six going forward. And if Hutton continues to play Bong, then I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not going to be in the Hutton out camp. Absolutely not, because it's not the answer at all. And that's just not what I'm getting at. But. Bong isn't good enough. Solly March has grown into his role over the last couple of weeks. Um, he actually made a good showing for himself yesterday, I thought. But Bong has gone backwards, not forwards. Whereas it's easy to criticize Solly March and then accept and acknowledge when he goes forward. But you also have to accept and acknowledge when a player is going backwards and do something about it. Um, Bernardo, if, you, if you're not comfortable with Bernardo starting and you don't think that he's ready or good enough for this league and you've made a duff signing, then put Sutner back in there. Sutner has shown more than once that he can do a job on that left-hand side and we signed him for a reason too. Like, it's time to put a different left-back in there. It doesn't really matter which one. Personally, I would prefer to see Bernardo because it blows my mind that we've not given him another chance really since the opening game of the season where he played 20 minutes on the left-hand side and then was asked to move to his worst side and then criticised for playing badly. Um, I don't understand it. Bernardo simply has to be starting to get starts and it starts at home to Leicester. Otherwise, we're going to continue to go backwards with Bong at left-back against teams. And these next four or five are huge. I mean, really, up until Chelsea coming up, uh, in the middle of December, these next games prior to Chelsea are massive and we simply have to get results and these are the games we should be getting results in and Bong is going to cost us points. He already has today, yesterday um, and we need to we need to work out what we're going to do with him. Um, when we go and play Chelsea and we go and play Arsenal over the new year and all that sort of stuff, I will be clapping my hands together in glee to put Bong as one of the first names on the team sheet. Because he is going to do a job on Hazard. He's going to do a job on William. Whoever you want on that wing, he's going to do a job on them because he's incredibly good at it. But other than that, like attacking, defending in a team that needs to be a, going forwards and backwards and actually playing at a level on par with their opponents, he's, not, he's nowhere near at the right level. And it needs to be addressed and changed. Um, sorry for the... Well, I'm not sorry for the rant. I was going to say sorry for the rant, but I'm not because... This has been accumulation of three or four weeks now, and we've just lost to probably the worst team in the Premier League. Not the, not the worst team in Premier League history. Uh, Derby County, Sunderland, there's a couple that will always take that, that merit out of them. But one of the worst Premier League teams, and the, probably the worst Premier League team since we've been in it for the two seasons we've been here. And he has played a massive part in our defeat. Um, all right, moving on to the good. The good is a good one like the good is an obvious one for me lewis dunk um he was an absolute man mountain for the first 30 minutes um he was tremendous he got us a goal and was pretty solid at the back he was the one who took that run from bong to try and make up for it um and over the course of the entire game 
he won nine aerial battles, scored a goal, uh, made two successful tackles with no fouls on those tackles, uh, one interception, uh, 14 total clearances and a blocked shot, and an England call-up. So you can't get much worse than that, better than that rather. Um, he really was tremendous in every sense of the word, and we are very lucky to have him. Um, he just, he's always there, he's always fighting for the cause, and I thought he was the standout man, and it f feels like it's always either him, Duffy, or Ryan. Uh, he was great, they were all great. I felt the communication between the keeper and the centre-halves was iffy towards the end, but it, I mean, when you're goal-mouth scrambling, it is what it is. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. I also thought uh, Florian Andone looked a serious talent. He is quick. Um, his his touch on the ball is really next level for now. Um, he was just incredibly, incredibly useful at the job he was asked to do. Uh, comparing it to Lockadier and Glenn Murray, he was a class above both of them playing that role that he was asked to play. Um, and God, I hope he gets some more game time soon. Um, he held up the ball much better than Baldock, much better than Lockadier. Um, he reminds me of a sharper, quicker Hemed. Um, and that is kind of like <laughs> the perfect striker for the way we play. Um, I was always a fan of Lockadier. I don't think I'm a fan of the way we play with him as a one up top. I would love to see him in that secondary striker role, but Andone has got it all. He can play that one man up front clearly he played it incredibly well yesterday and with everything against him um i hope he gets minutes against leicester and becomes a starter eventually um he simply must get game time because he's he's absolutely great you can see it from the minute he comes on he's he is going to be a great striker and we need to give him time um like i said before Solly march i thought he played incredibly well for the first 30 minutes um, he looked the same as Everton. He made very good runs into the channels. He made good runs closing down. Um, it was such a shame to have him go off due to the sending off. But it, I, may, I understand why he was the one asked to come off. Um, but man, it was... he. I, we miss Pascal Gross incredibly. And we need him back as soon as possible because he really is a class above anybody else we have in that number 10 role right now. But... Uh, Solly March is, is growing into the role slowly but surely and I'm more than happy to hold my hands up and say like fair play <laughs> he's doing great um, hopefully he can continue to grow at Leicester if Gross isn't fit hopefully he is fit frankly and that's no disrespect to Solly March but uh, Pascal Gross is a much better player maybe we'll see Gross come on at, with, with 20 minutes to go next week and uh, do it that way but we'll see um, there were goods to come out of it though. Lewis Dunk was great and my man of the match. Um, Andone is a huge promising player for the future and we need to get him game time. Solly March growing into the role and I'm really happy with the way he looks to be growing. Uh, Alright, final section of this part, the referee. Um, where do we start? Mr. Martin Atkinson. Um, his performance was no lie. Um, no exaggeration. Uh, it was quite comfortably the worst refereeing performance, perf complete performance, I have ever seen given in recent memory. Um, Mike Dean against Middlesbrough a couple of years ago for the longer term fans that are listening to this. Um, 
he made a couple of really, really poor decisions, but it wasn't a constant stream of them for the entire 90 minutes. Uh, Martin Atkinson, from the minute that whistle was blown, continued to be inconsistent and very poor all the way through. Uh, it was reminiscent of when we played in the lower divisions on a very bad day. Um, it was a Stockport away with a referee that's being paid £15 to do the entire game, it feels like. Um, he gave over a dozen very soft fouls that were inconsistent. Um, you could see, if you go back and watch it, and sadly I did, there's over a dozen fouls he gives that if you see the foul given the other way, it's not. And you can see that happen. Um, Glenn Murray has several challenges against him that are identical to the ones he gets given. So Glenn Murray makes a couple of challenges and they're all a foul uh, to Cardiff. And when he has the exact same ones done on him, it's play on. Um, it was totally inconsistent and I, I don't agree with the red card either. Um, he wins the ball and the ground is slick. You have two choices in this situation. You either make the tackle and bow down to the follow-through of a soaking wet turf, or you stand off him and let him walk past you and allow the team to continue their attack. If the game is becoming more of part two, then the game is going to die. Um, people who follow the NFL or football, like American football, if they're aware of how the new rules have come in to allow pat like quarterbacks to make passing um and to protect the quarterback if we're going to go down that rule and protect the player from absolutely any ground challenge and any sliding challenge then we may as well just pack up and go home like there's really no point um yes his studs are up and yes it's a yellow card absolutely no doubt about it that it's a yellow card but a red card and the speed in which atkinson pulled that red card out was absolutely atrocious it wasn't it was just a joke um i can't even blame the fans or the players for swaying martin atkinson they all did appeal and they all were doing that whole theatric thing that players and fans do when they see a challenge and they can smell the idea of some drama um but he was going for the card bef before a player even looked at him um it sounds extreme and it sounds ridiculous even saying it even to myself it sounds ridiculous but it feels like he'd already decided we were going to lose this game and he was going to make that happen by any means necessary. Um, I don't ever believe that referees have money on the game or anything ridiculous like that, but games like yesterday are the ones that make that point to the, for the conspiracy theorists. It was absolutely insane. Um, and then the goal. You know, you've had, you've had 90 minutes of poor refereeing at best and borderline cheating at worst um and then comes the goal in the last minute of the game um he was coming back from an offside position on the first piece of play if it came off the brighton over albion player then fair enough he's onside um i've seen people arguing both sides and i've seen angles showing that it came off a brighton player i've seen angles showing that it came off a cardiff player so if you want to just leave that up to the referee's discretion fair enough but the second one um, is without question offside. Hewton even came out very firmly in that decision, and when Hewton comes out on a decision and slams a decision, um, it's bad. It's like, it's bad. Chris Hewton is not a man to pipe up against referees and officials, or even really to complain, um, but it really was a very cut-and-dry offside, especially for a linesman who had nobody in front of him 
Um, it's not like he was looking through bodies. It was it was the first couple of bodies there. It was a clear offside, and the linesman didn't flag, and the referee didn't give it. Um, so they scored the goal, and it should never have been given in the first place. The goal's a joke. Then, <laughs> then to sum up absolutely everything about this game, uh, Sol Bamba, the scorer, the same Sol Bamba that made a save with his hand in the Leicester game last week, uh, and didn't get any kind of rep uh, reprimand for that. The same Sol Bamba that gave away the foul for our goal. The same Sol Bamba that was offside twice in the build-up to the goal, or at the minimum once, uh, scores the winner. He immediately rips off his shirt, runs to the crowd, throws the shirt on the floor, and celebrates the winner. Um, last week, and we know the rules, right? Last week, Damari Gray... Leicester winger scores a goal for Leicester against Cardiff um, and in tribute to their dead chairman in respect and honor to their chairman that passed away in the helicopter crash takes his shirt off or up I can't remember what it was now to, to display a message to him um, in remembrance in memory in honor of and he receives a booking from Lee Probert um, he the referee got absolutely slammed for that decision as insensitive as unfair but the rules are the rules if you take your shirt off or you put your shirt over your head it is a yellow card booking it is mandatory there is no way shape or form you can get out of that booking unless you're soul bamba in which case if you're soul bamba you can take your shirt off you can throw it around Dance around with your shirt off entirely in front of the linesman and receive no booking at all. And there is a recent news article posted on BBC that, that night of, and uh, BBC, who was supposed to be kind of neutral, uh, really went in on it too. <laughs> um, Sol Bamba was asked in his own words, this is him coming out and saying this, nobody else. Sol Bamba was asked by Martin Atkinson if he took his shirt off. Um, how he didn't see it, how the fourth official didn't report it, how the linesman didn't see it when Sol Bamba is running at the linesman topless. Um, and it's not a small lad, Sol Bamba. He's quite a big dude. Um, so to have him charging at the linesman topless, screaming in ecstasy at scoring a winner against us, um, and for nobody to inform the ref that he was indeed topless, um, and then for him to pop his shirt back on, and Martin Atkinson get asked, asking him if he would took his shirt off, and for him to say no, and Atkinson believe it, is getting along the lines of like Blackadder and Mr. Bean comedy. Um, it is slapstick stuff. This is just this is just next level bad refereeing. Um, to me, just that small decision alone should absolutely rule Martin Atkinson out of ever refereeing a Premier League game again. It sounds extreme and it's a man's job, but if you can't do a job, then just don't just then you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Get him gone. Don't even put him back in the lower leagues because he's an absolute virus. Um, 
And it's not the first time he's made awful decisions either. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I would ban the entire officiating team that were there at desk today. How anybody can not spot that is just, it's terrifying to think that they're the people deciding games worth millions and millions of pounds. And he has no business ever refereeing a game again. Um, and I wonder if Sol Bamber is going to get a ban. Um, he told Martin Atkinson that he did not take his shirt off. Uh, that is deceiving the officials, right? Like, that, by the laws of the game, um, if you have deceived an official, which really there is no other way of putting this, he's deceived Martin Atkinson. Um, it's kind of like deceiving a blind man at this point, but he deceived him nonetheless. And if we're going by the rules of the Premier League or football, um, deception is a is a ban, right? Like, just if you dive, you you're, if you dive during a piece of play and you don't get the you don't get caught uh but it's the job afterwards to look into that and spot that and say okay yep you deceive the officials you get a two match ban i believe it's two um i wonder if sol bamba will get that because the really that i mean if it's not the case then what's going like what's going on with the rules of the sport it's terrifying the whole thing is a joke um we were poor but Everything else surrounding that game is pure ridiculous. And I'm pissed. Really, really annoyed. And it's tough to... If we'd have been beaten fair and square, it's one thing. But it feels like we were absolutely conned from day from the minute one we were done over. And it's just infuriating. And I don't think I'll have to rant this much probably all season again after this. But it was bad. And it's worth completely lambasting him wherever you go um and that's it i'm gonna stop because it I could go on forever um all right before we go let's look at a couple of pieces of information um <clears throat> Asquad is significantly uh depleted right now um we have davy proper out we have uh, pascal gross out we have baram kayao one booking away from ascending up from a one match ban we have dale stevens now getting a three match ban due to the straight red um our central midfield area is looking very very lean um and hopefully we can get at least one of the two be it gross or uh proper back in full training and match fit before leicester otherwise we're in a bit of trouble um i mean i guess we have no other choice than to start kyle and bisuma um, against Leicester, unless proper is fit, but whew, yeah, we're not doing well, are we? Um, we have a we have a bit of a depleted squad in the middle of the park right now, and it's funny because the middle of the park is where we're struggling to win games. Um, so we'll see what happens there over the over the uh, international break. And if we lose Kyle to a booking next game, we only have Bisuma um, if proper and Gross can't get fit. So. We'll have to see what happens and hope that we can get one of them back on back in form um, and back playing. Uh, Leicester, Leicester in the next four games, um, they're pretty huge for us, actually. We have four games back-to-back um, -back that are absolutely m not must-win, but close to must-win, um, especially given the result we just had. We play Leicester at home next. We play Huddersfield away, Palace at home, and Burnley away. Um, we really need to take 
seven to eight points off of those games. We need to win two and draw one at the very least. Um, and if we can win our, both of our home games, then it becomes, you know, if we get a win against Leicester, it becomes a big sigh of relief. But these are four games we absolutely can win prior to Chelsea. Um, you know, we've got Leicester at home, Palace at home. And Palace is always going to be a weird one because it's a big rivalry. Um, and Huddersfield and Burnley, we historically don't do great up there, but we're going to have to pull it out because these are four massive games for us now. Um, going into the Christmas period, if we can come in with another seven points, say, uh, that would put us on 21 points um, before Christmas even gets here, and we would be in a really, really solid position despite the absolute abomination we just watched yesterday. Um, so my fingers are crossed that we can really pull it out and improve on our current performances um, and get a win, get a couple of wins. Um, and finally, last but not least for sure, um, just to end it on a bright note, uh, next week I'll be conducting an interview. Um, you'll have to wait and see what that is. Uh, next week I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be a really cool perspective, so wait for next week's. It's going to be good. Um, and the best part of the week, Lewis Dunk was called up for a second time in a row um, for the England squad. Hopefully he will get a game this time instead of last time where he just got to chill with the squad. Um, I really hope he gets some game time this time because it would just be ace to see him play. So, Lewis Dunk, England centre-half, hopefully. Uh, goal scorer, man mountain, man of the match. He is one of our own and he has become an absolute legend. Um what a player he is and good luck Lewis I hope you play and I hope you uh, have a good game whether it's against the US or uh, who do else we play Croatia? Not sure but I hope he plays and I hope he plays well um, alright that's it from me um, I, this went on way longer than I thought it would so probably listening back to this I'm probably, I've probably gone off on absolute madness um, alright thank you for listening Follow me at TogetherBHA on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I'm thinking about making a Facebook for it too, but we'll see. Um, yeah, thank you for listening and be safe. Have a good weekend and international break and see you next week. Peace.